First and foremost, Happy New Year. How's 2019 treating you so far? Oh, that's, that's great. I'm, maybe your year's going as good as mine is. Sorry about the typo in the bulletin, by the way. Uh, it says 2020 in there. I guess we got a little, little ahead of ourselves. No, just kidding. We're launching a, uh, we're launching a new series this week. We kind of get to do a, a little bit of a play on words, not only because it's the new year, but also because we're talking about seeing clearly and uh, having some 2020 vision. So we're going we're gonna to have some conversations about vision, about looking forward, about what the future holds. We're going to talk about what that holds for us as a church, uh, but also hopefully what it means for us as individuals. Because I think when it all comes down to it, if we could see the future clearly, that would probably be a good thing, right? Like if, if you knew who was going to win the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks, that could be a lucrative piece of knowledge to see clearly, right? If you knew when stock markets were going to go up and down, you could probably be profitable, right? This is the whole premise for back to the future, right? Like if you know the future, then it can have benefits for us here and now. If you knew what was going to happen at work or in the life of your family, you could avoid some unfortunate things and you could plan for some really good events at the same time. Now, we all know that you can't see the future, right? Right? Okay, good. We're we're awake this morning. I'm feeling it. We all know we can't see the future, but there are times when you think that you ought to be able to see the future. There are times when your own convictions, when your own presence of mind, when your peace of mind breaks through, and you might have said a statement like this one time or another, I should have seen this coming, right? In other words, the, the situations of my life, the things that were going this way and that way, the things that were in place were laid out in such a way that now that it's happened, I can look back, right? And hindsight is 2020, right? So I can look back and I can go, ah, man, I should have seen that coming. I should have known that, that they would react that way. I, I should have known that when I brought that up that, that this would be the way that it was handled. I should have known that if we made that decision that it would impact these other decisions. I should have known. I should have been able to predict the future. I should have seen this coming in some way or another. Have you all said that before? See, not only do we think that about ourselves, but we actually think that about each other too, right? Because you've obviously said this statement, you should have seen this coming, right? Maybe it's talking with a friend, maybe it's a family member, but they're like struck out of the room like, I have no idea how this, I didn't know he was breaking up with me, really? Because we all did, right? He's been trying to do this for weeks, finally you caught up, welcome to the conversation, right? I had no idea that I was this much in debt that my finances were this bad, right? Well, we all did, you should have seen this coming. We've watched your spending habits, we've watched what you've done, none of us is surprised by this except for you, quite frankly, you should have seen this coming. Again, we have this kind of somewhat built in that we should be able to know and anticipate and see things into the future, even though we know that that's not possible. We have this kind of sense of obligation that we owe it to ourselves to predict accurately the things that are going to happen. And so as we begin this conversation about seeing clearly, I want us to look forward into those realms because the problem is this. We see clearly when we're looking at other people but so unclearly when we examine ourselves. 
It's so clear when I look at other people around me, when I look into your situation, when we sit down over coffee, I can speak with wisdom and insight, right? Because it's, it's not my problem. I'm not neck deep into it. But when it comes to examining ourselves, to correctly anticipating things within ourselves, we have a tendency to overlook things or to explain things away. We have a tendency not to see our own situations clearly. We think that we're exempt from the rules or that somehow the situation is going to turn and be a different outcome than it would appear at surface level. And so as we talk about seeing clearly, there are some things that we can have predictable patterns to. There are things that we can see clearly and anticipate. There are things that we can see in others and that hopefully we can also see in ourselves. Maybe we just have to know what we're looking for. Right, so does anybody have 20-20 vision? Where are my non-glasses, no-contact people? Yeah, a few of you don't raise your hand because the glasses people are going to punch you in the face and then you'll need glasses. <laughs> right, so-called perfect vision, right? What if we had perfect vision for our lives, that ability to see clearly what was coming, to be able to read the circumstances around us and to be able to avoid that statement, I should have seen this coming, and instead go, no, I, I can read the situation. I can look into it. I can dive a little bit deeper into this perspective. It's also helpful that next year is the year 2020, right? So we get to do a little double, double play on words here, right? Because here's the here's, su surprise, right? 2020 is going to be different than 2019, right? Like it's going to be a different year. Things are going to change. Things are going to shift just like 28 or 2019 is different than 2018. Are you with me? How many of you set New Year's resolutions this year? Keep your hands up if you already broke them. Not many people are making New Year's, it's kind of faux pas right now, right? We have other ways that we do goal setting. Anybody make a resolution for 2018? Yeah, you're not going to raise your hand up because now it's 2019. You have to admit that you did or didn't do that, right? <laughs> did you keep your resolution for 2018? There's something about this time of year, though, right, that, that feels like a fresh start, right? It feels like an opportunity to look a little bit more forward, to, to dive into things a little bit deeper, to set some long-term, long-range goals. Because we all know that the next year is coming, right? Like time is inevitable. It's not going to sneak up on us. It's just going to happen continually one year after another. And we instinctively know that if we want next year to be different, we have to do some things now in order to make some of those changes, right? Because people change, life changes, things continue to grow. But the, the point that we want to make today is that since we're all going to change, what if we put some things in place that helped us change intentionally? What if we could see the future clearly to know where we wanted to end up and then to begin to put things in place today in order to arrive at that day, not just by accident, not by happenstance, but intentionally and always on purpose, right? Because difference happens, time changes us. We all know that, but the question is not, will you be different one year from now? It's how will you be different from now? How will your life be different? How will the things that matter to you change over the course of this next year? Maybe a better way to ask this question is simply, who are you becoming? If time moves us along forward and we continually change ourselves, we continually become a newer version of ourselves, hopefully wiser, hopefully a little bit better, what are the things that you're putting in place now so that you're different, not just by accident, but on purpose? You're becoming somebody different, but is that happening to you on purpose or is it happening to you just on accident? 
Is it something that you're putting into place? Or is it something that's just happening around you? Because if we don't set out some clear guidelines, if we don't set some clear goals, then we may find ourselves in 2020 going, darn, I should have seen that coming. I should have known, I should have anticipated, I should have planned for some things instead of just kind of going through life hoping that things turn out differently and that that different is better. How would you set things in motion to be different intentionally one year from now instead of just different with whatever life brings along the way? How would you be intentional as opposed to random, on purpose, as opposed to just what happens with direction instead of whatever comes my way? Because listen, we're all going to change, right? A year is going to happen and you are going to be different in some fundamental way. And did you know that it takes just as much time, it takes just as much energy to become somebody different who you want to be as it does to become somebody different who you don't want to be? The same time happens. The same time is available for everyone. And a year from now, you're going to be different. The question is, will you be different in the way that you want to be different? Or will something happen that will take you down a path that perhaps you didn't intend to go down, to be somebody that perhaps you don't want to be? The bottom line is this, time isn't the problem, right? It it keeps marching onward. There's the same hours, the same number of days, the same time within the year. We've established that we're all going to change. Something is going to be different. So if we have the same amount of time and we know that things are going to be different in a year from now, how do we put ourselves on a path to be able to have those changes be on purpose and intentional instead of random and circumstantial? Because if you want 2020 to be different than 2019 and that to be different than 2018, time isn't the problem. The problem I would submit to us today and throughout this series is simply seeing clearly. Having the ability, the prerogative to see the destination, to look ahead and to decide one year from now the type of person that you will be, the type of person that you will become. Once we have a a goal, a destination, a place to go, it becomes very easy to work backwards and to say, if I'm going to arrive there by this date and this time, these are the steps that need to be put in place. If you don't know where you want to be one year from now, then my question to you is this, how will you know if you've gotten there or not? If you don't have an idea of who you want to be in five and 10 and 15 years at the end of your life, if you don't have some kind of trajectory for your life, then how will you know if you've arrived? How will you know if your life has been successful? How will you know if you've accomplished what God puts you on this earth to accomplish if you've never seen clearly that destination to which he's called you toward? Perhaps the Cheshire Cat from Alice in Wonderland explains it best. Summarized, he says this. He says, if you don't care where you're going, then any road will do. If you don't have a destination, if you don't have a clearly marked objective, if you don't know how you want to be different one year, five year, ten years from now, then you're right. Any road will do just fine because we're all going to change. Time is going to pass. And if you don't have a clearly marked destination of where you want to get to, then any road will take you there because there's no trajectory. There's no marking point out. There's no measure of success. There's no destination to arrive at. Any of life's circumstances could come and go, and at the end of it, you'll just say, yeah, I ended up exactly where I intended to because where I intended to go was not defined. See, seeing clearly for the year 2020, to have 2020 vision in our life, seeing the future clearly begins with a defined destination, with knowing where we want to get to, who we want to be, and the steps that are going to get us there. 
Without knowing what the end game is, without knowing the destination, we can't get from point A to point B. We can't move ourselves in an intended path to get from where we are today to who we desire to be one year, two years, five years from now. And so many people go through life kind of just responding to circumstances, not going, well, I want to arrive here, I want to get there. We just think that, well, time's going to march on and we're going to grow and be different and we're just content with that kind of life marching through. I want to suggest to us that the scripture, that God, that Jesus has more in store for us than simply meandering along through life. That he actually has a destination for each of us, not only in terms of eternity, but in terms of our life, in terms of the places where we want to get to. That he's put desires down in our hearts that we want to see accomplished, but desire alone won't get us there. We have to have a clearly defined destination, and then we have to put steps in place to reach that end. Right? If you were going on a trip, we all have iPhones now, so this illustration, think back to when it was like printing out directions, like heaven forbid a map, right? But if you didn't know where you were going, very, very easily you would get lost, especially backcountry roads, right, where there isn't signs every quarter mile or whatever. It's very easy to get lost. So if you didn't have a sense of your destination and directions on how to get there, it was very easy to become lost. Life works the same way. If we don't have a destination mapped out, it's very easy to become lost, especially if we don't have any chance of knowing where we're trying to end up. If you're not trying to go from here to there, then any road will do. Now, so I want to start by illustrating this by talking a little bit about us, about us as a church. This is a vision series for us, and so one of the things that we want to take the time to do is to define the destination that we have as a church. Our destination, we put kind of in that cute little mantra that I say every single week, right? We say that we at the Porch Church exist to shine the light and the love of Jesus. We do that by inviting people to belong to a family, to grow in their faith, and ultimately to give themselves away. Not only is this kind of our our mission, our vision statement, but it's also our discipleship pathway. It's how we hope to see people grow in their followership of Jesus. So the end, the destination for us is giving ourselves away. This is the path that we have marked out both for ourselves as individuals here and also for us as a church. We think that if we're moving in the way that God has called us, in the way that Jesus has called us, that it would result in more of us giving ourselves away. Giving ourselves away to the community around us, to the people in our lives, giving ourselves away in every capacity of that to serve God's kingdom. So what does that look like for us? Well, here it looks like serving a lot, right? It means that you give up your time to participate in the worship team, to be a door greeter, uh, to serve with kids, because we would rather set aside our preferences for the sake of others. Rather than our convenience, we want to be there for our guests. We want to give children an opportunity to hear about the gospel in a way that's in their terms, not just listening to me up front with a microphone and getting bored. We also want to give parents the opportunity to have one moment a week where their kids are taken care of and safe, and perhaps they can engage some of life's deeper questions like, who do I want to be in a year, and how do I want to get there? This is a core value for us of becoming a people who continually and habitually give ourselves away. I spoke with an individual this week who had just given a meal to a new mom, and this new mom has had twins, and she had, and they have two other kids under the age of five, four children under the age of five. Who does that sound like paradise to, right? 
Turns out she rolled her ankle in what she thought was just a sprain, ended up being a broken bone in her foot. No wait for four to six weeks. You ever had children? (laughs) Under five, right? This is not a reality. This is not going to happen. And so this person came to me and said, what, what can we do? How can we help? And I'm a, I'm a really bad pastor. And so I said, well, I, I can only do what, what I can do. But, but what is the Holy Spirit putting on your heart to be able to do for this individual? Obviously, it's something that you feel burdened about. So how can you leverage what God has given you for the sake of someone else? In other words, how can you learn to give yourself away. We had a great conversation. She went away. She emailed her life groups. She texted some other people. We're trying to get people together to be able to maybe provide more meals, maybe help with cleaning, maybe just take the kids to the park for one hour so that she can have a moment of peace and quiet. There's a check mark in your box, or check mark in your box, check box in your bulletin uh, if you would like to get connected with helping out this individual. But the point is simply this. That's a win for us. This is what we move people towards, that as we follow Jesus, we would move ourselves into a place where we would see the needs of other people and that we would give of ourselves to meet those needs for no other reason than because we love them and we want them to experience the hope and the knowledge and the love of Jesus Christ. This is what makes us tick. This is how we feel God called us to be a part of his kingdom. It's what we seek to exemplify, and that's why it's a core value here at this church. Not only is it a core value for you as individuals, as participants of the church, but it's also something that we strive to espouse within our, uh, the way that we lead this church. So we put in, uh, in the books the opportunity for us to give the first 10% of the budget that we receive as a church to spend it outside of our walls. In other words, if you attend this church and we challenge you to godly principles of finances like tithing, giving the first 10% of your income to serve God's kingdom, we said, hey, we want to do the same thing. So we're not quite there yet, but we are making strides to put the first 10% that we receive as a church in tithes, donations, offerings, whatever you want to call it, and we want to spend that not on ourselves, not on what we're doing here, but on people who are not yet a part of the family of God, on people within our community, on people who may never darken the door of this church or any other. Why? Because we think that following Jesus is important. We think that the model that he gives us is to do just that. As a matter of fact, in Acts 20, 35, Jesus is quoted as saying this, it's better to give than to receive. I I seem to recall some messages recently in the past that talked about giving and receiving and all those types of things at Christmas. And we're not going to stop talking about it because this is a key, core, fundamental issue for us. And so while we're not quite there, our goal is that we would not only receive the tithes and offerings of the people, but that we would be a tithing organization giving to other people. And while we're not there yet, I can tell you this, the only budget item that we, that we increased substantially within this last year was outreach. We, I think, doubled, maybe even close to tripled the amount of money that we spend outside of our walls. And the issue is because we want to be a church that models this principle, that models giving ourselves away. Not only do we expect it as individuals, but we expect that we as an organization would model that opportunity to which Jesus calls us to do, to give not to ourselves, not to meet our needs, because we're just like you. We have bills that need to be paid, but we think that God is honored when we follow biblical principles 
souls, whether they're in our individual lives or in our lives together of our church, right? Because our goal, the point of this, is not just to come together on Sunday. It's not just to sing songs and to worship, although that's incredibly important. Hopefully it's a rallying point for your week so you can go throughout your life and be encouraged. But the point is to change us in an intentional direction. And here we've established that the way that we are changing ourselves is into God's image, which we think looks like giving ourselves away. And we're just going to let you guys know that. And if that gets long and tedious and boring for you, um, sorry, because we're just going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it at Christmas. We're going to talk about it in January. We're going to talk about it in February. We're going to talk about it week in and week out, because this is the destination that we've set for ourselves. And we've decided that tomorrow we're going to be closer to that goal of giving ourselves away than we are today that a month from now we're going to be further along the path towards giving ourselves away, and that a year from now, in 2020, that we would be even closer to giving more and more and more of ourselves away. That's who Jesus calls us to be. That's who we are. It's who we expect individuals to be, and it's who we want to be as a church and as an organization, right? So we do family fun nights, where we invite the community, not just the people who attend our school and our church, but we say this is open for everyone. Come meet Santa. Come jump in a bounce house. Let's barbecue. Let's grill out. Let's have fun. It's why we do the dollar car wash, just an opportunity to change people's perspective on churches and fundraising and what it can look like to serve our community. It's why we're sending teams to Uganda. It's why we're collecting Bibles. It's why we do even more outreaches. I'm so excited. This year in Life Groups, we're going to partner with another organization, and we're going to ask our life groups to make meals and to serve because we want serving to be a fundamental part of what it is to be in a small group here at the porch. All of that to say, we're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep pursuing that destination because we want to arrive somewhere on purpose. We've defined our destination together as a body of people. And the simple question is to turn that back to you and to say, so have you? Do you have a defined destination for your life? Do you have a defined direction? Have you placed an opportunity to go, this is where I want to end up, and every day, every month, every year, I want to get closer and closer and closer to that goal? Do you have a destination, a desired end for your significant relationships? For your spouse, for your children? Do you have those things for your finances? Do you have those things in place for your church relationships, for the relationships that you'll foster? Do you have a plan to accomplish those things, or do you find yourself more like the Cheshire Cat, saying any road will do so long as we move forward? I want to end by talking about one story from the book of Proverbs. This is in Proverbs chapter 7. The book of Proverbs is, is a book of wisdom. It's a lot of stories, a lot of axioms, a lot of one-liners, but this is kind of towards the beginning where Solomon, we presume the teacher, is observing a situation. He changes this story around to make it a, a teaching opportunity. He wants to instruct the people that are listening to him how to avoid some similar pitfalls here. So in Proverbs chapter 7, he describes a situation that he observes. Let's jump into that, and then we'll spend some time unpacking it here. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6. He says, at the window of my house, I I looked down through the lattice, and I saw among the simple. Simple is a really nice way in Proverbs to say fool. Um, So I'll just throw that out there, right? I noticed among the simple, I noticed among the young men, so you know he's a fool, uh, a youth, oh, come on, we can have fun with that, (laughs) a youth who had no sense, which you might think is, you know, double stating it, but anyway, hey, we are awake out there, this is fun. 
he was going down the street near her corner. Her will become clear in just a little bit. Walking along in the direction of her house. As twilight, at twilight as the day was fading, as the dark of the night set in. Then a woman came out to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. Let's pause there. I know that was a red herring. You didn't see that coming. So Solomon says, I, I looked out my window and I, and I saw someone who was young and foolish. In other words, perhaps we could extrapolate for our conversation today, right? They, they didn't have a destination in mind. It was late at night, darkness was setting in, and they didn't have a clear goal of where they were trying to go or where they were trying to get to. They were wandering around aimlessly. Your mom might have said to you, nothing good happens after Insert time, right? Midnight, 10 o'clock, whatever you want to say there. Same situation is happening here. Solomon's saying, I looked out and, and I saw somebody who lacked the foresight, who lacked the planning to know where they were headed, to know where they were going. And the situation that he found himself in, that this young person found himself in, was one of, of not being in a good place, right? He went down the wrong street at the wrong time of day. And I'm not to, this is not a scare tactic, it's not to speak over you, but it is an, an illustration to say too often when we go through life without this clearly defined path, without this clearly defined destination, we just kind of wander around aimlessly. And we wander around aimlessly, you're more likely to be in a situation that you don't want to be in, to find yourself at a place that you don't want to be at at the wrong time of day, at the wrong season of life, and the wrong opportunity. Solomon says, I saw somebody who was, who was foolish and they were young and they didn't know any better, but because they lacked this defined destination, they found themselves wandering aimlessly and as they wandered, they got into trouble. Jump down with me to verse 21. We'll skip some of the scandalous details. You can read that on your own. With persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk and at once he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. You see the situation that he's describing. He didn't know the danger that he was in. He thought he was just out for a walk. He thought maybe he met a nice person, but he winds up leading himself down a path that leads not towards his desired destination, but towards destruction. Here's Solomon's teaching. Here's the principle that he wants to impart. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray to her paths. That idea of straying to her path. See, when we have a destination marked out, when we have a goal for our life and we have the privilege, the opportunity, the perspective to know I'm going this way and these are the steps that I'm going to take to arrive at that goal, whether it be a month, a year, two years, 10 years from now, then that keeps us on a path that leads us in that direction. When we're aimlessly wandering, when we don't have a plan, a perspective, a, a way to get to where we want to get to, then we're more likely to drift and wander aimlessly. And again, I'm not speaking this over you. I'm not saying if you don't have a destination, this is going to be your story. That's not the point. The point is that it illustrates for us how when we don't have that defined definition of a destination, that's a lot of D's and I'm getting confused, sorry. When we don't have that defined destination, then we can find ourselves wandering off of a path. And if we don't know that that's the path we want to be on, then again, any road will do. 
Seeing clearly, arriving at our desired destination starts with clearly defining those places that we want to end up in our life so that we can know when we're on the path or off the path, so we can know when we're following God one step at a time or when we find ourselves pushed to one side or the other. So again, I'm not speaking this over you, but hopefully you can see the illustration there. If not, let me make it a little bit more clear. Proverbs 22 verse 3 says it this way. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and they pay the penalty. That's a little bit cleaned up. Let's go to a little bit more raw translation. This is called the ERV. It says, wise people, this is what Proverbs is all about, wise people, they see trouble coming. They can, they can see the future clearly because they're wise enough to know where they want to get to. And so when they're on the path and something comes over to obstruct the path, they go, wait, 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 I know that that's not the direction that I want to go, right? When the road forks at a decision that needs to be made, they can see clearly the direction they want to go. They see the trouble coming. They predict the future accurately and they get out of the way. But fools, simple, right? They go straight to it and they suffer for it. Foolish people think that, hey, it's okay. What I do today doesn't affect tomorrow. Of course, tomorrow will be different. Of course, next year will be different. But things are just going to work themselves out. I just know. I know I'm overspending in this season. I I know that I should be watching my budget a little bit more. But I'm going to get that raise. I'm going to get that job. I'm going to graduate with that degree. And I'm going to land my dream job. And it's all going to be just fine. Someday I want to be in a God-honoring relationship. Someday I want to meet a guy, I want to meet a girl who loves the Lord. But for right now, I'm just going to date the person in front of me because that's what works out for the best right now. In other words, foolish people think that the rules don't apply to them. They think that they'll arrive at the destination just by happenstance of wandering through the wilderness. Scripture says that's not the way that this works. Wise people see the destination. They live on the path according to it. And when they see something that gets in the way of accomplishing what God has called them to do, they're wise enough to take action to still arrive at their desired end. Simple question for us as we begin a brand new year. I know nobody's thinking about 2020, but when you set 2019 goals, resolutions, starting new, you're thinking about the difference that you'll make one year from now. So what's the path that you're on? What's the path for your life? What are you seeing clearly ahead of you? And what steps are you taking to arrive there? We're going to spend the next couple of weeks talking about this. And so let me just give you a couple of reflection questions for you to talk about this week, talk about with your spouse, loved ones, people close with you. What's your defined destination? What are the places that you want to get to? Again, we're all going to change. We're all going to be different. 2020 is going to be different than 2019. So what are the places that you want to be different? Maybe put this in a couple of categories. What do I want to be different in my family? What do I want to be different in my finances, in my faith? What are the opportunities that I have to define something that I want to have happen a year from now and then to make that happen? Second question is the other side of that opportunity. Is there any area of your life that you're more wandering through than traveling with purpose? Is there an area, is there a subset, is there a place where you find yourself kind of just saying, eh, any road will do, any job will do, any relationship will do, any relationship that my kids make, that'll be fine, any financial decisions that we make, so long as we're staying in the black, are going to be 
okay? Are there areas where you're wandering aimlessly and perhaps God would put his finger on one of them and to say, I think you could lead with a directed destination here. I think you could define a reality here that you want to make happen. Is it going to be hard? Absolutely. Is it going to be difficult? Yes. Is there going to be trouble coming along the path? Absolutely. But anybody who wants to wind up at a defined and desired destination has to move through those troubles, has to move through the things that would knock them to the right or to the left and to pursue what God would have for them. Again, we're all bound to end up somewhere. We're all going to be different as we go through life. My challenge for you today and in this series is to go, let's do that on purpose. Let's do that intentionally. Let's decide who we want to be. Let's not wander about aimlessly that could find ourselves in the wrong place at the wrong time. Instead, let's mark out a course for ourselves to where God is calling us and to be able to follow after him in that defined destination. Let me pray with you, and the band's going to come up, and we're going to sing one more song as we close here. Heavenly Father, God, we just want to give you a moment to speak to us. God, maybe to put your finger on some area of our life, of our heart, where we're just wandering, where we're just kind of hoping that things work out, where we're just kind of thinking, you know, God, I'm sure that this will work itself out. I'm sure that this situation will just resolve, and instead you're going, no, I want you to define your destination. I want you to decide who you'll be one year, one month, five years, ten years from now. Maybe there's some areas of your life that that you've previously defined about how you'd want to be marked and the person that you would be and what your relationship with your family would look like, with your parents, with your kids, with your spouse, and God's just calling you to go, are we at that destination yet? Have we arrived at that place? And you're feeling a renewed sense of Holy Spirit obligation to become the person that you need to become in order to be who God has called you to be. We're all going to wind up somewhere. We're all going to change. We're all going to be different. And God, how would you move us to be different on purpose? God, what would you ask us to put in place now so that we don't wander aimlessly? Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts and to our lives? Would you lay that truth upon us? And as we converse over lunch, would our our conversations be seasoned with the salt of the gospel, with this idea of who are we becoming together? Who are we becoming As a unit, how is God leading and instructing us in each of these individual areas? And how can we make a plan to be on purpose in our travels instead of just wandering aimlessly? Heavenly Father, I believe that you have a destination for all of us. I think that it's good, and I think that you want what's absolutely best for us. God, I think that we break your heart when we just kind of wander aimlessly instead of trusting the instructions that you've given from us to have a clearly defined destination. So God, would you equip us, would you help us, would you speak truth into us that we might know and understand what the future holds, that we might see clearly the path marked out in front of us, that you would give us vision to march out on that intended course, that we would arrive at the end of our lives and that you would say to us, well done. You kept the journey, you kept the path, you accomplished what I had for you to accomplish. Now come in and enjoy your master's rest. Heavenly Father, would you equip us this week to be on point, on mission, on journey? Would you equip us to give ourselves away as you so modeled for us? And would you help and equip us to continue to become your people? Would you be our God today? We love you and we praise you. And all God's kids said, I'm going to invite you to stand with us as we sing one more song.
Forever free in an empty race Cause you are 